Why don't you stand up on your feet, everybody, and let's release our faith. We're believing God for some things. Father, we're all here before you this morning, thanking you for what you've already done for us, your presence. Thank you, Lord, for our salvation. Every good thing we enjoy, it comes from you, the Father of lights. And Lord, we thank you for your holy written word, how precious it is to us. We treasure it far above gold and silver and rubies and and money. It's treasure to us. It's life and health and medicine to all our flesh. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, the teacher, the great teacher. We yield to him this morning. We ask you, Lord, let your anointing come on us to teach us and reveal to us and minister to us. Help me, Lord, that my tongue would be as the pen of a ready writer. Speak through me and manifest through me as it pleases you and in our midst And we'll give you the glory and all the praise. And by your grace, we'll not be hearers only, but we will be doers of the word. And we know as we do, we'll be blessed because you are faithful to watch over your word and to perform it in our lives. In Jesus' name, we believe we receive. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Everybody say, I'll get something good this morning. Life, Life. help, Help. revelation, Revelation. truth Truth. from the Word of God. God. And I'm not a hearer only. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer doer of the Word of God. God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's only the doers that get results. You got a lot of people that are church goers. And Bible toters, and you know, CD players, and program watchers, but go year after year and don't get results. That's confusing to some people because they think, well, I've been going to church for you know 12 years and I just don't have any results. Did you know? Did you know? You could go to the gym and watch people work out. For 15 years and be 50 pounds heavier and worse out of shape than when you started. And I mean be at the gym every day. Be faithful to go and watch other people work out. You can come to church for 20 years and watch other people worship God. And watch other people give. And watch other people pray. And watch other people do the word of God. And be worse off than when you started. Unless and until. You decide. I'm going to get in there and do it too. I'm going to do it too. So say it one more time. I'm a doer. I am a doer. I'm a doer. Of the word of God. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. And turn, please, in the Scriptures to uh, 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. 1 Thessalonians 4. We began, was it last week? On a new series. And we want to advance into it 
today. 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter and the ninth verse says this. As touching brotherly love, you need not that I write to you, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed you do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more. That you increase more and more in what? In loving one another. Now, it's hard to find a Christian that doesn't know that we're supposed to love each other. Or that God is love. Or that love is the greatest and love is the most important. But some way or another, I think we have heard it and heard it and heard it in different ways until it's just kind of a mental ascent thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Love. Love's the main thing. Love. But are we excited about love? You know, are we, you know, every day thinking, checking everything out going, that's love. That's not love. Uh, That's not enough love. You understand what I'm saying? Are we checking everything that we're doing and acting? And are we excited about doing it? Or on the other hand is a lot of the church just condemned. Feeling that we're not doing it. And that nobody really fully walks in love. And we ought to. And and we ought to try harder. No, you ought to do it. We ought to do it. Because as we found out last week, it is a command. Somebody say command. Command Command is different from a suggestion or a high ideal. It's a command. But if all you do is just talk about the command and you're supposed to do it, you're supposed to do it, you better do it, you better do it, supposed to do it, most of the time people will believe it and nod their heads and feel bad because they're not doing it and leave and not do it and just feel bad because they're not doing it. No, you need to. Much of the church lives in condemnation and thinks that's normal and think the correct response is just to shake your head and go, yeah, boy, we need to do better. What do you mean you need to do better? If you know how to do it, why don't you just do it? Well, no, people would rather just go, we need to do better. That means we're not going to do anything. We're just going to talk about it. We need to. Yeah, we need to. We need to. We need to get along with each other. And you, I have seen people get so adamant. All these churches need to get along. They just need to get along. They're all these preachers and all these churches. Why don't they work together? Why don't you work together? Well, I'm not a preacher. So, you think there's different rules for you and preachers? No. It was the love command to preachers? No. All these people should get along. The world should just get along. I believe it. People ought to quit all their petty fighting and arguing and they ought to get along. You're full of talk. No action. A judge 
is not a doer. That's not my words. That's Romans 2. That's James 2 and James 4. If you are a judge, you're not a doer. Well, I just feel like everybody ought to get along. And these preachers, they better be careful what they do with God's money. They better be careful. I think some of it's just lavishness. I think some of it's just waste. But what about what you do with God's money? I'm not receiving any offerings. God said that 10% of everything that came in was his. You say, fella, I mean nearly cuss and spit nails. If he thought a preacher took up an offering and spent it on something personal. Oh, fella ought to be shot. I'll take that preacher out and shoot him. Take up an offering for the gospel and spend it on a car for himself or a house for himself. Fella ought to be took out and beat, shot. Well, would it be okay for you to take tithe money and make a car payment? Huh? Or take tithe money and go on vacation? What's the difference? See, people like to talk. And they like to talk about what other people should do. But some or another don't apply to them. And that's why a lot of people like to, you know, feel like, well, I don't really claim to be a Christian. You know, so. I mean, but y'all do. Y'all do. So you're supposed to live right. Because you claim to be a preacher. I don't claim to be anything. So, you know, ain't, ain't the same thing. Oh, yes, it is. Here's a little flash for you. Every man and woman is going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And give an account of what you did in the body. And you're going to give an account. I'm going to give an account for what we did with the call of God on our life. Whether we ever answered it or did it or not. I've had people look at me and go, ooh, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes. Man, that's why, you know, I hadn't really committed to serve God. Because, ooh, you got to, you're going to be judged (laughs) for what you do. And you're not? There are going to be many a man and woman stand before the Lord and give an account for a ministry they never did. Hmm? They were called to do it and they never did it. And they're going to be held accountable for it. So don't point any fingers. It shows ignorance. Don't point any fingers and get all stirred up about what they ought to do with their money. What are you doing with your money? (laughs) They ought to walk in love. Uh, You ought to walk in love. You're not going to stand before the Lord and give an account for me. Hmm? When you stand before the Lord... Your wife ain't going to be there. Your husband ain't going to be there. Mom and daddy ain't going to be there. I'm not going to be there. You are going to give an account for you. Not for me. Not for what I did or didn't do. 
That's why we're not supposed to judge. Hmm? How many understand it's a full-time job keeping up with yourself and doing what you're supposed to do? And people who are always talking about what other people should do are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. You can mark it down. Scripture says so. Everybody's always got an opinion about, well, they ought to do this. And I don't think this is right. And they shouldn't do this. These are people who are not doing themselves what they should be doing. So let's not me judge you, you judge me. But let's get on ourselves about getting excited, not condemned, getting excited about growing in this love command. So that we can know in our spirit, man, I'm making progress in this. I did better today than I've been doing. Right? I'm growing. I'm advancing. I can tell. You can sense it. He said, you are taught of God to love one another. Did you see that? And that's what we're releasing our faith for. That the Lord himself is and will teach us. How to keep the love command over these next days and weeks. That was a little bit weak. (laughs) What else you want to talk about? Huh? You know something better? Everybody said out loud, we are believing. That the Lord is teaching us how to love each other. We are growing in this. We're increasing increasing. more and more More more. abounding Abounding. in the God kind of love. love. It's something to be excited about, not something to be depressed over. Now, uh, we saw that this is a command. You don't have to turn there, but let me remind you of it. Uh, John 13, 34 and 35, he said, a new commandment I give to you. That you love one another, it's up on the screen, as I have loved you, that you love one another. What is the commandment? Love each other. How? As the master has loved us. Now, you know, before the master came in the law, it was love your neighbor as yourself. That was the standard. Of course, that's still good. But... That's not what Jesus said here, is he? He could have just repeated the law. He could have said, you know, this is the commandment. Reading after 1 John, he said, a new commandment I give you. Then he said, it is the commandment you've already received. But there's a different emphasis here. Now what's he saying? What is the standard now for loving people? (laughs) The standard for you loving anybody is how Jesus has loved you. That's the standard. And that's what we measure how we treat each other by, by how he has treated us. What he has done for us. And I am to love you like he has loved me. You are to love me. You are to love each other like he has loved you. Is that important to him? Is it a side thing? Is there anything more important that he told us to do? It's it. He said, by this, he went on to say, verse 35, didn't he? By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, not because we go to church, not because we dress a certain way, not because we use these and thous and 
and seem to be religious to the outside world or that we talk in tongues or that we believe in miracles or even that we see healings or we see manifestations of power. He could have said all that. He didn't say it. How are people going to know he is real and we're really his? This is it. By, if, he said, you have love one to another. This is the command. We said command means it's an order. It is a requirement. It's not something you try to do. It's something you do. It's not something you should think about doing. Maybe arrive at some point. It is an order. He expects us. He requires us to do this every day. Somebody say, I've been ordered to love as he loves me. Now, the thing about an order, you don't have to feel like doing it. To do it. Hmm? You don't have to feel like it. I mean in the military they know this. You get an order from somebody that's over you in rank. You don't stand there and go. Well let me see how I feel about this order. You know I just don't feel. Like obeying. Well they got ways of making you feel something else. You could have all kind of feelings. In the brig, on different duties, I don't feel like doing that. No, an order is an order. It's got nothing to do with feelings. And this is what confuses people. What do you mean? How can I love somebody and I don't feel love towards them? Well, you don't know what it is. Love is not a feeling. God is love. You can treat people right. You can treat people good and you don't feel like it. You can obey the order without the feeling. Huh? The Bible said, husbands, love your wives. Now, of course, that's based on feelings, right? Huh? Because you can't do what you don't feel. Right? I mean, what if you don't feel love? Well, the thrill is gone. And you just can't help who you fall in love with and who you fall out of love with. But you know the passion is gone. And uh, it's just not the same. And it died. And we don't know why. It is so sad that so many Christians are so ignorant about what love is. They're just as ignorant as the world. They love You know, they're Mustang, and they love pizza, and they love soccer, and they fall in love and fall out of love, and it's all about feeling, feeling, feeling. That's why marriages are just falling one after another, because people don't even know, they don't know how to love each other. They think love is a feeling. No, you got the strongest love when you don't have feelings. When you got contradictory feelings, when you got opposite feelings, that's when real love shows up. Come on now. You feel like slapping somebody, but you just smile and bless them and do something nice for them. Hmm? You feel like giving them a piece of your mind and telling them where they can get off. But you don't do that. Hmm? 
You treat them like you love them, even though you don't feel like you love them. You act like you love them, even though you don't feel like you do. This is real love. If you do that, feelings can return. And feelings can get stronger than they ever were. If you'll do it. Say it out loud, I don't live by my feelings. I'm not a carnal Christian. I walk by faith. I walk in love. No matter how I feel. So it is a command. Command, it's an order. Say it one more time. I have been ordered by the head of the church to love other people. No matter how I feel. No matter what I think. No matter what they've done, I have been ordered to love others as he's loved me. See, Romans says he loved us while we were his enemies. We were not giving him any warm and fuzzy feelings when he made the commitment to go to the cross for us. He loved us when we weren't loving him. That is the God kind of love. And if anybody's ever done that for you, you will never forget it, will you? Hmm? You ever had anybody believe in you when you didn't believe in yourself? Somebody love you when you didn't even like yourself? Somebody keep loving you when all you had done is hurt them and make their life miserable and they just loved you anyway? When they do, you'll never forget it. You'll never forget them. You'll never forget it. You'll be thankful the rest of your life. Well, why don't you do it for somebody else? Why don't we do it for another person? Greatest gift you can give anybody is not money and not stuff. Now, it can be expressed through some of these things. But the greatest gift you can give any person, include your children, your spouse, a stranger, is to believe in them and love them. Love them means treat them like they're important. Treat them like they're valuable. Now, uh, we begin to get into how to do this. How do I keep the love order? I've been ordered to do it. And if you take it seriously, what should your next question be? If you go, I've been ordered to do this. Hmm? How do I do it? Right? I made up my mind. I'm going to do it now. I've been ordered to do it. I made up my mind. I'm going to do it. What should be the next question? Hmm? What if you were... Thrust into the, you know, as it happened some years ago with military and we were short on flyers and they thrust you and you're ordered to learn how to fly airplanes and you've, you already, you know, got no choice. You've been drafted and you're ordered and here you are with a little flight suit and a notebook. You've never even seen an airplane. You've been ordered to fly it. You got to do it. What should your next question be? Somebody. <laughs> Somebody help. Tell me. How to fly this thing. Right? Show me how. So I don't hurt myself. Or somebody. Somebody please show me how. Well, that's what we're into. How to keep the love command. I'm looking for a little bit more enthusiasm and excitement. <laughs> Are y'all with me or not? Huh? Are we going to do this thing? Now you know me. 
What will I do? I'll stay on this till the cows come home and the chickens roost, right? And you stay on it and stay. Why? Because been ordered to. Got orders from headquarters. And so do you. Hmm? Order. Got orders. Somebody say, I got my orders. Tell somebody, tell your neighbor, say, I got my orders. My orders came in. What are they? That was a little bit of a negative tone to that. It's like, oh no, I got to do it. No, no, no. If you have to, take your fingers and, and do this right here and go, glory to God. I've been ordered to love each other as he loves me. I can. I will. He's teaching me how. Himself. Isn't that what the scripture said? You know, God's so good. He doesn't just leave you hanging. He's going to order you to do something. And you'll be looking at him going, yeah, he got, I'm going to take your hand. I'm going to walk you through it. I'm going to show you exactly how to do it. God taught. And that's what I'm excited about. That God is taking you and me and this church and everybody that's hooked up with us all over the world by the hand. Yes. Yes. Thank you, and he's Lord. saying, I'm going to teach you how to do this. I'm going to show you how to keep this Thank commandment. And we're going to do it. And it's already begun. Before we go any further, I want you to look over in First John. Just to... Uh, Clarify this. Condemnation does not work. It doesn't work. The worse you feel about not doing something, it does not put you any closer to doing it. Condemnation doesn't work. The worse you feel about your mistakes... And your failures and your sins, it puts you no closer to overcoming them and doing better. The worse you feel about your mistakes, the more likely you are to repeat them. Because you're in fear. And you don't like yourself. And you're down on yourself. When you're down on yourself, you're not going to do better. Got to get encouraged. I said you got to get encouraged. Yes. You got to believe you can. Yes. You got to believe God's forgiven you yes. and cleansed you. You got to believe you can live free from this. Got to be positive. Got to get enthused. Got to get encouraged. Got to get in a bunch like this. Yes. People that wave their hands and spit and go, glory to God. Yes. We're going to do it. Yes. You need faith buddies. Yes. Faith friends. People that you can just call and say, tell me how healed I am. (laughs) And they don't come back and go, oh, you're not feeling good, are you? Bless your darling heart. Well, we're going to pray for you. 
That ain't a faith buddy. I just described half of Christianity. <laughs> but it ain't a faith buddy. You call them and go, you know, tell me how rich I am. Tell me how blessed and prosperous I am. And the person on the other end goes, prosperous? Let me tell you. You prosperous? You so prosperous? The prosperous people call you prosperous. Let me tell you how prosperous you are. Jesus became poor with your poverty so you could be rich with his riches. It's in the Bible. He meets all your needs. Faith, buddy. Faith, friend. You need somebody you can call and say, you know, tell me. Now listen, you need some faith yourself. You don't call and say, <laughs> You'll say, well, sometimes, Brother Keith, you just can't help it. Not true. You never have an excuse to melt down like that. If you do, you should repent for sinning. So, Brother Keith, we all have our, our down times. Speak for yourself. We all have opportunities to get down. I keep passing them. I keep going, no thanks. No, not going to get down today. No thanks. No, no. Going to be in the pity party? No, I'm not coming. No. No. You want to do this? You want to get depressed and cry? Let me think about that. No. No, I do not want to be depressed and cry. Well, you got plenty of reason to. Anybody can think on anything, any day. You can find something to be upset and be sad about. And if you will, you're going to live upset and live sad and live mad. Anybody can find something to gripe about and be mad and upset. Anybody. Anytime. Anywhere. Or you can choose not to. You can say, nope, passing that by. Nope, nope. No, y'all go on. I'm not going. We're going to Downsville. Huh? We're going to Depression City. You want to go? No, no. Y'all can go on without me. I'm not going. You got to have a little faith yourself, even if you're calling your faith friend. You need to call it, even if you got a tear in your eye, even if you're feeling much of feelings, you, you call them and go, uh-huh, <clears throat> hey, yeah, yeah, praise the Lord. Um, you know, tell me how I'm coming out of this with victory, you know, to, just, you know, remind me, would you? <laughs> and that ought to be all you need to hear on the other end, right? You jump on it with both feet and say, let me tell you the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Is living inside of you. The greater one. The bigger one. Oh he's more than enough. His grace is sufficient. For anything. Yes you're coming out of this. In fact you're going to come out of this. And you're going to make the devil wish. He never messed with you. You're going to make him eat this. You're going to show him what it means to be more than a conqueror. You don't just win. You make him wish he never attacked you. You don't quit with winning. Yeah, he picked the wrong one when he jumped on you. He should have picked somebody that just lay down and quit. 
Because you won't. I know you won't. You won't. He always causes us to try. That's why you need a church. You need a family. Everybody needs family. There's nobody, I don't care who you think you are, there's nobody that's, you know, you just got all the faith in God and nothing can bother you and mess with you. You can just, you and God, you can just stand by yourself, forget everybody. No, you are not that way. We need each other. We need each other. And uh, one will put a thousand to flight. And two won't put two thousand. Two will put what? Ten. Oh, what about five or ten or a hundred or a thousand of us or five thousand of us? Glory to God. That means you, uh, it's devil extermination in the earth. <laughs> it's, <laughs> devils become endangered species. <laughs> Glory to God. Your kid's looking up at you going, Daddy, what's a devil? Never seen a devil. <laughs> One of these days, they're all going to be in the pit. And all the curse and all the disease. Till then, we are overcomers. We're overcomers. What's the Lord teaching us? God himself is teaching me, teaching you, teaching us how to love each other, how to keep the commandment. Now, one thing we learned last week in how to is what, go to Romans, please. Where were you? That's a good place. <laughs> uh, I'll probably touch on that again another time. You know, all these verses are good. Romans, the 12th chapter, we read this in verse uh, 10. Well, verse 9 goes with it. Let love be without dissimulation or without hypocrisy. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. This is one of the first things we saw in learning how to keep the commandment. Love prefers the other person. And we saw this word means to take the lead in it. Don't just wait on somebody to treat you good. You take the lead. Hmm? You ever seen people out at the restaurant? Now, not this bunch. But I've seen, I've seen preachers. Everybody's sitting at the table and the bill comes. And people kind of look around. Try, try to fumble, try to find their wallet or their purse. or well, Waiting on somebody to pick it up. Well, no, love does what? It, it takes the lead, right? Love doesn't wait on somebody else to come take care of it. Love takes the lead in preferring the other person. Said out loud, love, love 
prefers the other person. It comes down to choices. Love prefers. If we say, do you prefer coffee or tea? You prefer chicken or beef? You prefer jello or pudding? Whatever. What does it mean if you say, I prefer jello? Pudding or chocolate cake or whatever did not get picked. Huh? I pref- you prefer coffee or tea? If you say, I like coffee, what does that mean? Tea did not get picked. It didn't get used. It got left out. Well, it's going to come down again and again. Which do you prefer? You or me? <laughs> that is going to come up in your life again and again and again. You're going to have to pick. Is it going to be me or them? You've heard people say, well, it's me or them. <laughs> well, then it's supposed to be them that gets the blessing. And you that picks up the tab. They get theirs now. You wait. Hmm? And you're supposed to be happy about it while you're doing it. Not just, I'm sacrificing for Jesus. That's all right, brother. You go ahead. I'll just suffer and wait. I'm going to prefer you. That's sickening. (laughs) Nauseating, isn't it? I mean, that's just pathetic, pitiful. It's unreal. It's hypocritical. Hmm? If it's real love, you'll do a lot of it and people never know you did it. Come on now. They, you mean, you'll smile and act like you've already had yours and you don't lie. But you just go, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, yeah, I'm in good shape. Yeah, you go ahead, enjoy that, do it, yeah. Good. You, well, what about you? Oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. And believe it and mean it. Yes. Love prefers, chooses above itself. And we, we read also in Philippians. He talked about treating others as better than yourselves. A lot of folk have just kind of skipped over that because they think, well, you know, I don't feel like I'm better than anybody else, but I don't feel like you're better than me either. He didn't say you had to believe they were better than you. What did he say? Treat them like they're better. Jesus demonstrated it so powerfully when he got down and took off his robe and put on a servant's garment and stooped down. Is it because he believes that these men are better than him? Are they better than him? Certainly not. He said, you call me master and you're saying right. I am. But if I, your master, have done this to you, you ought to do it to each other. What? Do what to each other? Treat them like they're better than me. Treat them like they're more important than me. Can you do it? Do you want to do it? Well, we're going to have to camp on this a while now, aren't we? (laughs) How to walk in love. 
How to keep the commandment. We want to get as excited about this as how we're going to prosper and how we're healed, right? And how we're victorious and successful. Because this is the bedrock of all of our healing and our prosperity. Because faith doesn't even work except by love. We've talked about it. Other things, but let's talk about this now. Love prefers and treats others better. Now go to the 13th chapter of Romans. Here's another thing to look at. How to keep the love command. Thank you, Master. Y'all believing with me? You need to help me out some now with your faith. Don't just sit back and wait for me to pull it all out. Hmm? No, you don't want to do that. You don't leave me pulling the train by myself. You're believing with me, correct? Hmm? Can you see, though, we have a long ways to go in this? That people think they know a lot about this and don't? And it is so important. It's something people talk about but don't do. Something people talk about universally but don't practice. Not really. Can we be excited about it? Can we think we are getting this? We are doing this. We are learning. God is teaching us personally how to keep this command, and we're doing it. And we're going to do it. And you have been doing it some. You have been. It's wonderful. That's why we got a family. That's why we're doing as well as we are. But he said, increase. Increase. More and more. How are we going to do it? Tell me the first thing we've seen. How are we going to do it? We're going to prefer each other. You are me. It's a choice. Every time you go up, you, you, we're going to do it for you. Let you have it. Let you do it. We're going to prefer you. Now, this goes right together with it. Romans 13. Romans 13. He was saying, he that loves has fulfilled the law. And in verse 9. He rehearsed some of the commandments. He said, this is Romans 13, 9. You shall not kill. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You will not covet. If there's any other commandment, it's briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now look at verse 10. Love works no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Here's a second major thing about how to keep the command, how to put it into practice, how to do it. Number one, we said love prefers the other person. Number two here, love does no harm. Love does no harm. Let me read this to you from other translations. One translation says love never hurts a neighbor. A neighbor is somebody who's not just somebody who lives by you permanently. We hear the word nigh in the scripture. Somebody was nigh unto them. What does that mean? Near. So what is a nigh bore? A near bore. Whoever happens to be near you at the time. Love will not hurt them or harm them in any way. You can't hurt people in love. I said you can't hurt people in love. 
Love does no harm. Love will not hurt you. It will take it itself before you get hurt with it. Come on, can you see this? Now? Love. Uh, one translation says, love never does anything that is harmful to a neighbor. Love does no wrong to anyone, the living Bible says. Love does no wrong to anyone. That's why it fully satisfies all of God's requirements. The living Bible said, it's the only law you need. Someone says, well, what, what's that saying? You don't have to keep the Ten Commandments anymore? If you keep this command... You will be doing everything that the law talked about that was good to do. And you won't be doing anything that it told you not to do. Every one of the commandments. You shall not steal. Love can't steal from you because that hurts you. Yeah, but I want it and I'd rather I had it than you had it. So I'm going to take yours. Well, let you love in yourself. And you don't care about the other person that you took it from. You can't steal from somebody and it be okay. You know, there's people that try to tell you, God told them it was already all right to take it. There's actually a fellow, he robbed a bank. And uh, he got caught just two blocks away. And they said he was sitting there in in handcuffs singing, "I, I just don't understand it. I prayed and asked the Lord to help me. And he told me it would be okay. Uh, no. <laughs> he didn't tell you it'd be okay. You made it up in your mind and said he said it. Hmm? God never told you to do things that would hurt people. And harm people. We're supposed to be blessing boats. Blessing ships. What do we leave in our wake? Blessings. Blessings. Right? When we come through, people ought to be smiling. What do you leave in your wake? Some jets you have to watch about something they call wake turbulence. Oh, man. They come through. They turn everything upside down. Turn you upside down if you don't watch it. You ever been to some places and you come in, everybody's upset Everybody's moving their papers and trying to do this. What happened? So-and-so just come through. Uh, uh. (laughs) So-and-so just come through. What are you leaving in your wake? You come through, what happens? Should be blessings. Should be blessings. Should be love. You're to leave people with more than what they came in with, right? It's not costing them to be around you. It's benefiting them to be around you. You're not a taker. You're a giver. And friend, this is one of the things that is so terrible in the world today that people are not able to trust people they should be able to trust. Husbands and wives are not able to trust each other because they're seeing that's the person that will hurt you the worst. Children are not able to trust parents. Their parents are hurting them and will hurt them. Friend, this is awful. I said it's awful. There's people you should be able to trust in your life. 
You should be able to do things without being concerned. Are they going to take advantage of me? Are they going to hurt me? Well, it's not for you to judge anybody else. It's for you to be the kind of person that people can trust. And they know that no matter what, you're not going to hurt them. You're not going to take advantage of them. You'll take it before you let it hit them. All of us need to be like the Secret Service with the President. Why are they there? Hmm? They are supposed to be prepared at any time to take a bullet for him. They see somebody jump out and whip out their pistol. They're supposed to be ready to jump right in front of them and go. Move in front of them. Did you know that is the law of Christ? That is the law of Christ. Bear you one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians says, isn't that what he did? He took the bullet for us. And much, much worse. He took our sin. He took the punishment. He took it. Didn't he? He stepped in front of it. For us, he took our place. Well, that's not the end. It caused his seed to come into us. And we now are produced after his own kind. And we're supposed to be reproductions of him in the earth. Right? And that we have the same love nature as him. And we will take it. We will take it for you. Hmm? We'll pay it for you. We'll take it. Glory to God. How many know every daddy and mama ought to be there? To be a shield of the bad stuff in front of their kids, right? Take it. And for each other. So many times, though, people are wanting you to take it. You pay the price. You take it. Love prefers the other person. Love does no harm. Does no harm. Thank you, Master. Go with me to 1 Thessalonians, please. I'm endeavoring to be led on this. This is big. Isn't it? And we're going to have to stay on it for a period of time. We're going to have to use our faith. And I hope you don't get tired of hearing it. And I hope you don't think it's not important enough to you. This is huge. The Lord had to feed us and grow us for the past five years to get to this place. Didn't he? Where we could hear it. Where we could take, where we'd even know what he's talking about, really. But this is the key to going to the next level. This is it. People have looked at this and kind of shook their head and thought it's negative and oh yeah, we ought to love each other. Not realize this is joined together with the power, with the miracles, with the healings, with the prosperities. This is it. With masses of people coming on in. Because when they see this love. They're going to see something they can't see in the world. You do not see this in the world. And they're going to see the reality of Jesus. It'll draw people in. It'll draw them in. You're not just called to preach to your family. You've been ordered to love them. Hmm? Love them. 
It ought to grieve us sorely if we realize that we have through ignorance or through selfishness hurt somebody. It ought to grieve us. It ought to be one of the most serious things in our lives. Love does no harm. Love does not hurt anybody around it. First Thessalonians, did you find it? Thank you, Lord. Just everybody close your eyes for just a minute here. Say it out loud. Father God, I have a desire that you, love, be manifested in me and through me. Help me to have a tender heart, not hard-hearted. Forgive me. For hurting anybody. anybody. And help me. To to not hurt people. people. In the future. future. Hallelujah. Weak people. Hurt others. Trying to. Prove that they're strong. And they're not. You know you can be. Mentally developed, you can be physically strong and be pitifully weak. Did you know that? You can be razor sharp in your wit to cut somebody up. And all it shows is your smallness and how weak you are. A strong man, a strong woman absorbs it for you. Come on now, come on now. Takes it. Knows how to move in. Defuse the situation. Absorb the punch for you. Take it. Make it easier for you. And just smiles all the time it's doing it. What we're learning is not just how to do what we've been ordered to do. Can you see we're learning who our father is? We're learning who he is and what he is. We're getting to know him through this. Oh, he's big. He's powerful. He's love. He takes it for you. He absorbs it for you. And he's smiling all the while saying, it's going to be all right. I got you on this. I'm going to pay this. I got it. I got it. I got it. Relax. Got it. I'm going to get past this. I got it. I got it. If you've experienced love at any time and somebody was hurting, the thought has crossed your mind and you've thought, I wish I could take it for them. Hmm? Parents, friends, if the thought ever crossed your mind, well, your child, your friend, somebody's hurting, but you think, man, I, I've had parents look at me with tears. I wish I could take their place. I wish I could take it instead of them. wish I could take it instead of my boy. wish I could take it instead of my girl. I wish I could. You know why that comes up in you? Because that's God. That is him. That's him. Not only did he feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> Not only does he feel that way, he could take your place. 
He could. And he did. He did. He did. And unto this present hour, he ever lives. To do what? Make intercession. Not for himself. He don't need it. For you. We have an advocate. With the Father. We are well represented at the right hand of majesty. We have representation. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he has made propitiation, appeasement and payment for our sin. And not just for ours, but for the sins of the whole world. The Bible said, why? Because he so loved the world that he gave. Jesus so loved the Father and he so loved us that he said, I'll take it. And when he got down to it, even the master, when he got down to it and he saw how awful, he saw full force fledged, how terrible all of our sin was and how awful and terrible the judgment and punishment for it was and that the judgment was separation from the Father. That's when he sweat blood and he said, Father, if there's any way, any other way, don't make me have to do this. But there was no other way. So what did love say? I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And he didn't just do it in grief. The Bible said... He endured the cross with joy. The language is like what the Spirit of God said through Paul. I will gladly spend and be spent for you. Even if the more I love you, the less you seem to love me. That's all right. That's all right. I'll do it for you. And he did it for us. Now, friend, if we are Christians, we think like that. If we're Christians, we believe like that. If we're real Christians, we live like that. That's who we are. And we are delighted. See, people talk about how terrible it would be to have to do without something or to be deprived or denied or to die. The worst thing ain't dying. No. The worst thing is living a selfish life. It is. Living for yourself and hurting other people to get something for yourself. It is a tormented, vexing, hellish life. And the harder you try to get what you want and the more you step on people to get there, the more miserable you will be. And I don't care if you make it and you got three mansions and two airplanes and 12 sports cars. And you've hurt people all the way. You will not enjoy it. You cannot. It will be like gravel in your mouth. Oh but. If you lose your life. For his sake. And you lay down your life. For the brothers. You don't lose it. After death comes. Resurrection. 
And you'll be experiencing manifestations of resurrection life now in this life and in the life to come. Eternal life. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. First Thessalonians 4. Did you find it? Yeah, he is doing it, isn't he? He himself is teaching us how to love each other. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Can you sense it? We are on the verge. We are at the threshold of some glorious things. Glorious. Glorious. Some moves of the Spirit of God. God coming into our midst and manifesting Himself. Turning up His glory until we know that we know that we know He is here. And we're learning who he is, what he is, what's important, what's not important. Tell me how we can keep this love command. We prefer each other and treat each other better than ourselves. What else do we do? Love never hurts, never harms. We'd take it ourselves before it hurts you. Like our master. He saw where we were going to have to go. Didn't he? He saw what we were going to have to pay for. The judgment we were going to have to go through. The hell we were going to have to go to. And he said. I'll do it. I'll take it for. And so we're not going to hell. (laughs) Because he took it for us. We're not going to have to pay for all our mess ups and our mistakes and our disobedience and our rebellion. And We're not going to have to pay for all that because he already paid for it. He took it. You believe that or not? Does it make you happy? Does it make you thankful? How, how can I ever pay him back? You can't. Don't try to. But what you can do is do what he told you to do. Was love other people like he has loved you. How did he love you? He took your place. He took the bullet for you, right? He took the pain for you. He took it. And so uh, can you do that for somebody else? Now, we've experienced some of that already, haven't we? A little bit. A bit. Have you? Have you been believing God? And has God prospered you? Were you able to take something off of somebody? Huh? Help somebody, you know, ease their pain and be there for them and help them get through something? How did it make you feel? Well, you qualify for more when you do that. More anointing, more power, more money, more resources. Because God knows. He sees what you're going to do with it. What are you going to do with it? I'm going to help somebody. We're going to help take something off of somebody. Help their dreams come true. Help them get through it. You get all caught up in that? The story is told about a man who is extremely rich. Very, very rich. This is 50 years ago. He was a multimillionaire 50 plus years ago. And uh, he was dying. And the doctors told him there's no hope. You know, put your affairs in order. And he got his bed fast. He lay in there thinking about anything he wanted to do before he died. He thought, well, I've done that. and I've done that. I did that 12 times. And 
I've had 30 of them, and yeah. And a thought crossed his mind. You've never given anything to anybody. <laughs> wonder where that thought came from. <laughs> you, you've never given anything. He thought, okay. And so he thought, I'll, I'll do it. You know, I'm about to be out of here. Might not hurt, might get some points, you know. <laughs> He's not really a Christian. And, and so he started giving and he found out about some folk that needed some stuff and he took care of it. And, and then he said, that went pretty good, you know. So he thought, well, you know, told his staff, find out some more. What, who else needs something around here? So he did that and, and did the other and did the other. Next thing they came in, he's up at his desk. You know, making some notes about, well, we're going to do this and do that. And, and the weeks passed and the months passed. And he forgot to die. <laughs> and he got so absorbed in just, he thought, man, there's so much to be done. And he set up foundations and, and uh, several of them that are existing today, he started and set up. Glory to God. Got so busy giving. What did he tap into though here? Well, what's he doing though? He's sowing people's needs being met. What happens when you sow good seed in the good ground? You're going to reap a harvest. It's going to come back on you. His needs got met without him even meaning to do it. How many remember the Bible said God healed Job and he turned his captivity when he prayed for his friends? He's trying to help them out, and he got healed while it was going on. Right? Why? Because you're sowing. You're helping them get their need met. You're going to reap harvest of your need getting met. First Thessalonians 4. I think I can close with this. We'll see. First Thessalonians 4, verse 3. This is the will of God. Even your sanctification that you should abstain from fornication. Well, what's that got to do, Brother Keith, what you were just talking about? We were so holy and everything was going so good. Now you're going to read about fornication? That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel, that's your body, in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God, that... No man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter because that the Lord is the avenger of all such as we've also forewarned you and testified. Another translation of verse 6 says uh, that, that no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. Another one said don't harm or cheat your brother. Don't take advantage. Somebody said, don't take advantage. advantage. What's fornication got to do with this? Everything. What's adultery? See, people act dumb, but they know more than they're letting on. They know when somebody is hurting. They know when somebody's upset. They realize when they're friend's wife and them are having trouble did you hear me yes. when there's challenges and tough things going on yes. people are sharing with you or you know trying to talk to you about something the enemy will show you an opportunity 
Hmm? But if you love people, you won't do it. Now your flesh may want to. I'm talking about yours. Christians. Preachers. We all got the same kind of flesh. Right? You can't trust your flesh any further than you can throw it. Your flesh will do anything. Your flesh, my flesh, will do anything you let it do. What will keep you from getting involved with somebody, fornication, adultery? What will keep you from doing that? There's got to be something in you that's stronger than the desire of your flesh. Or else you will do it. And the Lord didn't tell you, don't get involved in fornication. Don't get involved in adultery because he wants to spoil your fun. These things hurt people. I said they hurt people and they hurt them to the core. Don't they? There's no such thing as innocent, non-committal sex between consenting adults. No harm, no foul. No such thing. Never has been, never will be. You get involved with somebody that's not your wife or husband that you're committed to, somebody's going to get hurt. Every time. Every time. Don't you believe a lie? Every time people are going to get hurt. Now see, the world around about you is telling you, oh no, you know, we're young, we're just going to have fun, no ties, no commitments, nobody gets hurt. Ain't going to happen. Somebody is going to get hurt. Every time. Knowing this and understanding this is what will give you the strength to control your own flesh. Hmm? There's got to be something stronger than your drive of your flesh. And that is, you've got to be able to within yourself go, Ben, as much as my flesh wants to do this, I am not going to hurt them. And I'm not going to hurt their husband. I'm not going to hurt their wife. I'm not going to be a party to hurting their family. Hmm? I'm not going to do it. Maybe your flesh may be screaming, do it, do it, do it. You only live once, do it. This stuff is not all it's cracked up to be, friend. Hmm? Sex is not the highest experience you can have in life. God is. I said God is. God is. If you love somebody, you will not allow yourself to hurt them. You'll control yourself. You'll put your flesh under. You will deny yourself. You will deprive yourself. Come on, are you with me now? You will say no to yourself. You will let your flesh scream. Hmm? And say, shut up. I don't care what you want. I'm not going to do it. Or they won't ever find out. Famous last words. Are you kidding? Don't you believe it? What about when you're put on the spot and if you tell uh, the truth, you're going to look bad? Hmm? You can't lie to people if you love them. Hmm? You can't take their stuff if you love them. Love does no harm to anybody it's around. Love 
leaves love in its wake, blessings in its wake, leaves you better than I found you. Not going to hurt you. Love means you can trust me. No matter how vulnerable you are, no matter what my flesh might say, I'm not going to take advantage of you. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Why? Because can't. I'd hurt you. I'd hurt me. We'd hurt each other. Hurt other people. Love is stronger than your flesh. Love can be stronger than your pride. Are you with me now? Love is the greatest of all. God himself is love. Love won't hurt you. On the other side of this now. Let's say you're down yourself. When a person's down, love won't kick them. Will it? Love would put yourself in their shoes. Won't it? Love, and I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but love covers the multitude of sins, doesn't it? Covers. Covers. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.